White Sox Weekly, your two-hour all-access pass to everything White Sox. And it's pretty deep out and left, and this ball is gone. How about that? How about that timing? <laughs> this presentation of the ESPN 1000 Chicago White Sox Network is brought to you by Wintrust Bank and Mazda of Orland Park. Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in to White Sox Weekly. I'm Connor McKnight. We are live from Guaranteed Rate Field, and though there will be no baseball here today, that doesn't mean we won't do a baseball show, because that's what we do on Saturdays. We, we do baseball shows. We do White Sox Weekly every single Saturday for two hours leading up to the pregame show, which, again, there isn't today, but White Sox Weekly cannot be stopped. It's like the mail service. There's nothing that's going to hold us back. All the, I've had a lot of coffee uh, leading up to this one, as you can tell. And, and the White Sox have, too, really. It's a tangled metaphor, but they've been a really exciting to start their season. An awesome home opener yesterday here at Guaranteed Rate Field. We had to wait a little longer because of the rain yesterday. But it was well worth the wait. We'll get into that ball game. We'll get into uh, Lance Lynn's heroics. We'll get into your mean Mercedes. Want to talk some about Luis Robert this morning as well. Uh, here's what we're up to, and here's what the White Sox are up to as well. Today's game between the White Sox and Kansas City Royals was postponed due to weather. Right about 9 o'clock, 9.10 or so is when I got the official email, uh, when everybody got the official email. It will be made up on May 14th as part of a split doubleheader. First game will start at 1.10 and the second one at 7.10. Gate and parking lot times will be announced at a later date. Both games, of course, will be seven-inning games. Both clubs will be able to add the extra player for the doubleheader. So those rosters will go to 27 once May 14th rolls around. Fans with game tickets and parking passes. This is important, too. I, I know a lot of you uh, were, were coming out here for game number two. The home opener crowd was kind of going to be refreshed, it sounded like, with a bunch of folks who were going to be able to make it out here for game two of the guaranteed rate field schedule. So... Fans with game tickets and parking passes to today's game will automatically receive a credit in the White Sox ticket account. Remember, we're all uh, paperless right now. Your tickets are all on your phones. Fans can apply the credit value of today's tickets and parking passes to any future regular season White Sox home game. Once those tickets become available, including either game of the doubleheader on May 14th, first or second, based on availability. I think it's awesome that, um, you know, I, I wanted to let everybody know that. I know people might be tuning in and maybe just finding out that, oh, the game's, the game's been canceled, so now what do we do? Listen, uh, we are in a, a strange time with a sold-out crowd last night of 8,207 because that's how many were able to pack in to guaranteed rate field. And I know people were, a handful of friends were actually going to come to the ball game yesterday for the first time, or today rather, in a, in a good long time. And they can't because this one got canceled. But they're, I, I know this ticket office, I know this front office a little bit. The, the lengths that everybody's willing to go to here at guaranteed rate field to make sure every fan who wants to attend a game has a chance as best as possible per COVID regulations, man, everybody's working really hard to make sure that that's the case. So today's game postponed. It will be made up on the 14th of May. It's going to be a split double header. 
and that one's going to be a 110 start and a 710 start. So no ball game today. Uh, White Sox Weekly, though, is still going to roll on. We're going to talk with Chuck Garfine of NBC Sports Chicago. He does fantastic work on the pre- and post-game show for the television side of things. He's got a podcast that's hot right now. Everybody should rate and review. He's uh, he's doing great work. We're going to talk Chuck at 11. And then... I, I think I'm going to tweet it. I think we can make this uh, at least semi-official. I mentioned on the Twitter handle, at ESPN White Sox, or you can follow my own, at C1 McKnight. Those are the Twitter handles that we're going to be using most here during the White Sox season. I mentioned that we'd be having a surprise out of the bullpen. And, yeah, it looks like that surprise is going to be Liam Hendricks. White Sox closer Liam Hendricks is scheduled to join us at 1130. He's being very kind and taking a little time in his rain delay off day to uh, join the show and talk a little White Sox with us. Lance Lynn, and really what this, what today does and what yesterday, the off day does for this, the White Sox pitching staff, and, and what the day before that does for the White Sox pitching staff, is kind of a benefit, I think. And, and it really it would be regardless of where you're at in the season and how long starters have gone and all that kind of thing. But Tony La Russa, after the White Sox winner at the home opener here, on Thursday night had mentioned that, you know, after the off day Friday, yesterday, everybody's going to get that extra day rest. Everybody's going to get just that little extra time in the starting rotation to, uh, to get healthy, to rest up a little bit, to get strong and start what I think is going to be a push of getting deeper into ball games here in 2021. It's been the White Sox stated goal for a little while. And, uh, that has, it's not come to fruition the first time through the rotation up until Lance Lynn's start in this home opener. So really, when you when you look at what Lynn was able to do for the bullpen, for other starters, and what yesterday's off day was able to do as well, this, this is a pretty good pretty good run for the White Sox. It's some benefit here to the last two days that they're they're not going to play. Certainly unfortunate. Everyone wants to see a ball game, that's for sure. But if you're not going to play, you might as well get. Uh, a little bit of time for everybody, left and right. We'll talk to Lance. Uh, we'll talk to Liam Hendricks rather about that in a little bit. He's going to be our guest at eleven thirty. Lance Lynn, and really, let's talk about the home opener, just kind of in general. What an atmosphere! It was. It was so much fun to have everybody at the ballpark. It was so much fun to see White Sox fans get up on their feet for Jose Abreu with bats and chant MVP for the two thousand twenty MVP. It was awesome to see the hand that your mean Mercedes got for his start of the 2021 season. Yeah, I, I think everybody around baseball is aware of your mean Mercedes now because of his eight for eight start, and he just keeps on mashing. It was it was really an incredible thing. And while we were doing rain delay theater and and you know kind of stretching things out until we got to our 5:22 first pitch, it was kind of a slow build, right? I mean, it was this. We'd waited so long to have fans back in the ballpark and have the White Sox back here to celebrate what is hopefully the um, the, the lid lifter of, of ending COVID restrictions at some point. You know, when it's safe, we get closer and closer to being back to you know full capacity in life as we as we used to know it here at the ballpark and in and around uh, our world. This yesterday was or actually, Thursday was just awesome, and then there we were after you know two out. Nobody on bottom of the first Jose Abreu comes up MVP left and right everywhere here in the ballpark. And he laces a two out double in the right center field. It's kind of a 
classic Jose Abreu hit. Yohan Mankata's up next after that. He takes the homer deep to left, and this place goes absolutely nuts. And then your mean Mercedes comes up and does the th- same thing on a hanging slider deep to left, 485. It was, I mean, it was electric, and it was just like that. The White Sox offense turned back on and put up three in the first, and Lance Lynn shut the Royals down on Thursday. I mean, truly, I, I went back and watched the condensed version of that game uh, yesterday morning, I think it was. I was waking up with my coffee and, you know, like, okay, I'll, just, I'll watch this condensed game one more time. While the game was going on here at the ballpark, Lynn looked obviously very good. Watching it again, Lynn looked borderline unhittable. I mean, that was just kind of nonsense stuff. It was a control of most, if not all, plate appearances. I don't know, Whit Merrifield had a hard single, and I think Jorge Soler did as well. And those are really the two at-bats where you went, oh, okay, somebody's got a chance here. Somebody's up there with a professional at-bat. The rest of them for Lance Lynn were just virtually automatic. Lynn's day was record-setting. If you caught the post-game show, we mentioned some of these fun facts. I'll give some of them to you now as well. Lance Lynn recorded his fourth career complete game. It was his second career shutout. And it was the first complete game of the 2021 season. I mean, just last night, that got matched. Well, actually outdone, I guess, by Joe Musgrove of the Padres, who threw a no-hitter. Hats off to Joe. That's, an, that's, that's a really impressive start, especially since he's not expected to be one of the top guys in that Padre rotation. Either way, Lynn's first complete game in a Sox home opener was the first since Britt Burns in 1985 versus the Red Sox. It was the first home opener shutout since Wilbur Wood in 76 against those Royals in Kansas City. Lance Lynn was also the first pitcher in American League history to throw a shutout with 10-plus strikeouts and no walks in his team's home opener. He struck out 11, and that's the second most by a White Sox starting pitcher in a home opener. Edwin Jackson had 13 in 2011. If you were screaming Edwin Jackson is the answer to that trivia question in the car, you get one point. Congratulations. He retired the first 12 batters he faced from the first to the fourth inning. I mean, he was, it, was, it was a dominant performance. And, you know, I had the, I had the opportunity to talk to Lance on the pregame show and, and brought that to everybody. And I, there is an expectation, I think, that he starts to set when he talks about what this rotation can do, what he's able to do, and what this bullpen can do behind them. I, I think that expectation comes from his track record. He entered his first start with the White Sox, having thrown 37 starts with over 100 pitches. He's second in the big leagues in innings pitched since 2019. He really is that workhorse kind of guy. He is the guy you throw into your staff and say, not only do we expect to get quality plate appearances, quality batters faced from you, and and to be a top-of-the-rotation guy, but also you're a dude that sticks in there for a while. They can give us a lot of length and innings. And I know that sounds like it should be the same guy, like it has been over the over the run of, of Major League Baseball over the last little while, but I, I think our game has changed some. You know, if you, we mentioned the Padres a minute ago, you look at a guy like Blake Snell, for instance, and how quickly he gets taken out of games through his career with the Rays. Now, some of that is team-dependent. Some of that is going to be a team philosophically likes to have a quicker hook because they don't want to face that third time through the order penalty unless somebody's really rolling. Everybody read about and and watched 
kind of that uh, that controversy with Kevin Cash pulling Blake Snell out of a World Series game in Game Six when he was really dealing and and the consequences of that. I think around baseball, though, you have some of those top guys, and even with the aces or the guys that are near ace, we're seeing quicker hooks. And that guy that just eats innings doesn't really exist anymore because they pull him fast. You know, whether you, if you're a four starter whose whole thing was just being able to hold your team in a game and eat a bunch of innings, I don't know that those guys are really in jobs anymore. It, it feels like now that four guy is is really a two times through the order guy who strikes out a whole bunch of people. Lance Lynn's kind of combined both of those and offered some top five Cy Young finishes along the way and turned himself into a hell of a starter. And that's what the White Sox have, and that's what they got in his second start of the season, a complete game shutout that let them reset that bullpen a little bit. You know, we heard Tony La Russa talk about it. Matt Foster had to eat it, had to you know just kind of hold the fort for a little bit, and that outing went awry for him. We'll talk about what La Russa said after that game as well in a little bit here on White Sox Weekly. But... You know, the home opener wasn't just, you know, a celebration of, of the 2020 White Sox and their run into the postseason and a celebration of the expectations that are on this team right now that they've set for themselves. And it wasn't just a return to baseball. It was also a hell of a performance by Lance Lynn that meant a lot to this ball club early on in the season. 312-332-3776. Maybe you were at the home opener yesterday. I know 8,207 people were Thursday. 8,207 people were. Uh, maybe you were scheduled to come to this game today. Maybe you're looking to find a way to get to the doubleheader on May 14th. You want to talk White Sox? We are here for you on White Sox Weekly. Chuck Garfine is going to be here for us at 11 o'clock. We'll talk to him in just a little bit. And we're expected to talk to Lance Hendricks as well. He's going to take some time out of his rain delay off day to uh, talk to everybody here on White Sox Weekly. Sox have been postponed today. It's going to be made up as a doubleheader on May 14th. No game today, but White Sox Weekly rolls on. I'm Connor McKnight. This is ESPN 1000. The pitch, swinging a high fly ball. It's well hit to left. It's going to go. He went out there and took a fastball away into the bleachers in left field. Keller's off for Mercedes launches. Deep to left. Gone. Back to back in the first. That was as hard as a baseball can be hit by anybody. Yeah, that ball was absolutely tanked from your mean Mercedes. 485 into the concourse in left. It was an absolute shot. Your mean Mercedes 485 foot home run in the first inning of Thursday's ball game was the fourth longest at guaranteed rate field, the third longest by a White Sox. Joe Borchard put one 504 uh, into the, I think it was right field. Versus Philadelphia, Frank Thomas had a 495-footer, and Eric Chavez, Chavi, uh, for Oakland, hit one 490. But it really has been incredible. I mean, truly incredible to watch your mean Mercedes over the first week and a half of baseball this year. I don't know how much, how much you can overdo it, to be really honest with you. 
you. I, I so he's a 28 year old rookie who spent time in the Pecos League and mashed, and was a minor league Rule Five pickup for the White Sox because you know that that's how you find guys like that. I suppose I asked Rick Hahn on White Sox Weekly last week whether or not. The, the Sox scouting of your, your mean Mercedes in the Pecos League was what really helped them make a decision on the new designated hitter for the White Sox. And he's oh, yeah, we do some serious Pecos League scouting. That's absolutely how we make our hay here at the ballpark is checking out the Pecos League and finding out where exit velocities sit there. And he was joking some, but I would imagine they had some data on that too. It's baseball in 2021, after all. We're finding all sorts of numbers everywhere. Yermin Mercedes has been terrific. His 15 hits are tied for the sixth most by a White Sox in the club's first eight games. It's the most since Frank Thomas had 16 through the same stretch. That was back in 2000. Also, the 15 hits by Yermin Mercedes are the most by a White Sox player in the first seven games of a career. The most. Tops. Nobody's had more. What, what What else can you say about the guy? He's done everything that the White Sox could have asked for. When you look at the need for offense that this team was going to have, at least coming out of the out of the gate, right? Knowing that, I mean, if, if you'd known that Tim Anderson was going to be on the injured list for a little while with a strained hamstring, if you'd known that Eloy Jimenez was going to be on the injured list for much longer with the torn pectoral muscle, if you'd known that Yoan Mankata, despite the homer on Thursday and a good start in the on opening day was in the middle going to be mired in a bit of a strikeout stretch and that some of the other guys were going to be, I don't know, a little uneven in getting things started. Your mean Mercedes was, it has been necessary for them. Now with Mercedes comes a little bit of a log jam positionally, right? I mean, he is a designated hitter and the White Sox have a handful of those and catchers because that's the other position your mean Mercedes plays that I don't know, jam things up a little bit that make it somewhat difficult to get a guy like Andrew Vaughn or Zach Collins or the rest Jasmine Grandal might need at DH every now and again. But you take that. I mean, you t- that's, a, that's the good problem to have, at, especially at the start of the season. When you just you want to put a couple of runs on the board while this bullpen um, figures their way into being one of the more elite bullpens in baseball, which is what I, I think they can be, you know, despite a start that has seen some unearned runs and maybe some uneven performances from a pitcher or two. You take what your mean Mercedes has done 100 times out of 100. And I think that one of the impressive things about Mercedes, especially as a 28-year-old rookie, something you don't see all that often from hitters of his age and with his, um, you know, kind of uh, well-traveled background through the big leagues is not only does he have power, the 485-foot shot, but he's got a two-strike approach. Darren Jackson talks about it all the time on the broadcast that you'll see him spread out, literally spread his feet out in the batter's box and take a larger plate coverage approach into the rest of that at-bat once he gets to two strikes more often than not. He's got the home run swing. There's no doubt about that. But he knows how to take something inside and throw it outside, you know, kind of that inside-out swing. He knows when to buggy whip a baseball as well. 
it's been a lot of fun to watch the the varied approach of your mean Mercedes, uh, as well as the production, as well as what he's meant to the rest of the ball club. I mean, the fun he has when he comes back into the dugout after another double or a trip around the bases or something like that is is the kind of thing that can really help boost a ball club when you've got errors that have crept up in inconvenient places, when you've got a, a bad break here or there, uh, or maybe even just a hot hitter like Jared Walsh was against the Angels in that first week, doing what he does, you know, throwing the bad hat out and connecting for a home run or two. 312-332-3776, that's the phone number, and you're going to want it for this, because before we get out of here for a quick break and talk to Chuck Garfine at 11, we do something every Saturday that's just a little bit different than the rest of our days here on the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. What we like to do every day is give you an opportunity to ask Len or DJ a question. We use the hashtag AskLen or AskDJ, and on every other day, you get to lob a question to our guys in the booth, and we answer during the game. But on Saturdays, we flip it around a little bit. Even though it's a rainout today, Len Casper called in, and I haven't heard this. I don't know what question Len's asking today. Last week was a fun one. It was where, like the actual physical location, where do you like to listen to baseball? And we had a bunch of cool responses. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a grill guy. I like being outside with the grill on, having the ball game on in the background, and freezing cold beverage, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that's, my, that's my jam. A lot of people like listening to baseball while they're in traffic. A lot of people like that. You know, the whole, everybody likes got a different spot. Today, though, a brand new Len Asks. I have not heard it. We're going to hear it all together at the same time. Tyler Aki is our producer back at the studio, and he's going to press the button, and Len is going to ask you a question here on White Sox Weekly. Hey, everybody. Instead of Ask Len today on the show, we're going to do Len Asks once again. So you can reply on Twitter. Go to at ESPN White Sox and reply with the hashtag Len Asks. I guess on this rainy Saturday, it's a good question to ask, what are your ideal weather conditions to attend a Sox game? Are you of the, it's got to be 82 degrees at least with sunny skies and no wind? Are you more of the, I prefer spring or fall conditions, maybe 67 with a long sleeve shirt, uh, my favorite uh, White Sox sweatshirt, that sort of thing. I kind of prefer it a little cooler, maybe slightly overcast, so I don't have to bake in the sun. But that's just me. So, again, uh, respond to hashtag Len asks your ideal weather conditions at the ballpark. Oh, and if you want to add day game or night game, which do you prefer? That's fun, too. Connor, back to you. Thanks, Len. That's uh, Len asks instead of ask Len. What's the temperature that you like to the conditions that you like most? For a ball game. I, I know exactly what I like most. We'll, we'll tell you after the break. We'll ask Chuck Garfine what his best conditions to attend a ball game are. You heard Len's favorite, little overcast, maybe a long sleeve, you know, a little, little cloud cover so you're not baking in the sun. I get that. You can answer the question too, 312-332-3776. We'd love to hear uh, your answer to Len Asks. Also, your 2021 White Sox are presented by Guaranteed Rate. Learn how you can turn your belief in a new home into action at rate.com. If you believe, you will. To get priority ticket access this season, secure a ticket package by visiting whitesox.com today. You can also test your luck 
during every home and away White Sox game this season with the 50-50 raffle. Sox Split is presented by Wintrust, and it's on sale now until the end of the seventh inning of every ball game. This, this game has been postponed, of course, but when we get back to playing baseball, on sale until the end of every seventh inning. Get your Split the Pot 50-50 tickets at whitesox.com slash split. valid for Illinois residents 18 and over. We hit the break in a second. Chuck Garfine of NBC Sports Chicago is going to join us at the top of the hour, 11 o'clock. This is White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000. White Sox and Royals are rained out today. It'll be made up as a doubleheader on May 14th. White Sox Weekly rolls on. Chuck Garfine is our guest next on the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. This is White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. The White Sox and Royals will not play today. Rain has changed our plans, unfortunately. It'll be made up as a doubleheader on May 14th, a split doubleheader on May 14th, which means our next guest, Chuck Garfine, will be on television for the bulk of the day. Hi, Chuck. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. As always, great to speak with you. It is great being on with you. It's one of these days where it's like, great, we're off. I'll take the day off. And then I realized on May 14th, boy, I'll be working from 9 a.m. until around midnight. But you know what? I love my job, so I can't complain. Could be worse. I'm sitting here at Guaranteed Rate Field right now because I, you know, I, I beat the rain delay news into the ballpark knowing we were going to do White Sox Weekly one way or another. I am seeing a handful of White Sox throw uh, you know, just, you know, sidelined to in the thing, a couple of Royals milling around as well. But, you know, it sounds like we're going to get that made up as part of a doubleheader on the 14th. So that's all good. Uh, I was just, you know, it, talking about the pitching staff, bullpen included too, Chuck. Lance Lynn was terrific in the home opener, obviously. And then the day off yesterday and day off today really does some good things for any arms that were just a little tired or or achy or stiff at the start of the season, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, this came at a great time. They didn't need three days off, but that's what the bullpen is going to get. The starters just weren't going long enough in games. The longest until Lynn shoved it by the Royals was five and a third. Lucas Giolito did that twice. But when that happens, you've got a bullpen that is, you know, when to say a bullpen's taxed in the middle of April, we're not even you know, really in the middle of April yet. And that was kind of where things were headed. And that was... Also, how it seems Tony Larissa was forced to uh, manage his bullpen when you go back to that game in Seattle, the last game, and that he seemed to try to, like, he only had a couple guys at the ready to pitch that day out of the bullpen. So then you get Lynn throwing a complete game shutout, a day off, and then a rain out. So I think, and, and coming back on Sunday, it was supposed to be 12 days in a row. It's now going to be 11 days in a row of games. So to go into this stretch coming up with a very rested bullpen, that's going to be huge. So credit Lance Lynn, credit the schedule maker, and then today credit goes to Mother Nature. So Chuck, talking with Chuck Garfine, NBC Sports Chicago here on White Sox Weekly. I, I don't know if you see it the way I do, but it looked like Tony wanted to be quick with the hook with his starters the first time through the rotation. It seemed like that was kind of a philosophical goal, right? That kind of got married with them not throwing all that well which 
also led to more bullpen work. You know, it's that quick hook idea got even quicker because they weren't throwing, you know, across the board one through five as well as he'd hoped. That kind of, I don't know, it seemed to cascade a little bit into that inning Matt Foster threw and that Tony La Russa called himself out on. I don't know if you see it that way or if you see some other forces factoring in there. Yeah, I don't know if it's really that way because it every every starter is different. Every game was different. And it did seem like when he was taking Giolito out and Keiko out, even though Keiko had a lot less pitches, it, it those situations seemed like the right time to take him out of the game and go to the bullpen. So I'm not sure if it was by design necessarily because – you know, if you're going to be pulling your, if you're, going to be, if you're going to be looking out for your starters, well, if you keep bringing your bullpen guys in in the fifth inning and sooner, are you really looking out for your bullpen guys? So mm-hmm. I think he was literally just trying to win games. And uh, that's how I interpreted it. But there's also that not, that might not have been the case every single game. But if you go back to the last game in Seattle, I think when you look at all of what had transpired up until that point, you had. The way I looked at it was starters were going deep enough. The bullpen wasn't, was being used a lot. And, you know, Lance Lynn, after he threw the complete game shutout, he kind of, you know, speaking with the media, gave out a little message seemingly to his starters where he's like, okay, guys, I did my job. Now it's your turn. So I think uh, the expectations are for the starters to go deeper in games starting tomorrow. How have you? How has your brain tried to contextualize your mean Mercedes? <laughs> I saw this coming, Connor. I saw this coming like two <laughs> years ago. This is not a surprise. I've been driving the Yerman Mercedes fan club for or the bus, and I've been the president of the fan club for like two years. Uh, my story with him, the way I go back with him, is the Sox start this rebuild. And so I have I subscribe to an MILB TV account so I can watch all these minor league games on the computer. I'm watching Winston-Salem games, Birmingham, Charlotte, Kannapolis. I'm watching Luis Robert, Yohan you know, Jimmy Lambert, everybody, Michael Kopech. And every time I would turn on like a Winston-Salem game or whatever Yerman Mercedes was playing, it was Yerman Mercedes who ended up having like the big hit or doing something special. And I'm like, who is your main Mercedes? He's not even on the prospect list. And he's the best hitter seemingly every time I watch a, a game. But it turned out that he was basically, I've always, you know, I talked to scouts, I talked to his teammates, great hitter, great hitter, doesn't have a position. Okay catcher, if that's like the best he can. I mean, maybe an okay catcher who's playing third base. He just needed an opportunity. And, you know, you're not going to have a guy in the minor leagues and you're like, okay, this guy's going to be a DH. We're going to, you know, develop this guy as a DH. doesn't happen. So I think not much was expected of him, but he kept rising through the ranks. And AAA in 2019, he played the same amount of games roughly as Luis Robert, same amount of plate appearances. Your mean Mercedes had better numbers than Luis Robert. And I remember talking to Frank Menachino when he was the pitching coach of that team. And he's like, Right now, Yermin Mercedes is a better hitter and more developed hitter than Robert. Well, a lot of it has to do with his age, but we're now looking, you know, everyone has a different journey to get to the majors, and then when they get to the majors, that's a whole other journey. The journey that Mercedes took to get to this point, it's crazy. It's a Hollywood movie. 
But now that he's here, he is he's supremely confident. He can recognize spin out of a, a pitcher's hand very well. Not too many rookies can do that. He's got a good approach, great two-strike approach. So how am I internalizing what I'm seeing from your mean Mercedes besides the fact that I saw this coming? No, I didn't see this coming. Um, I just feel like he can stay. And I think more heroics and more fun is coming this year with your mean Mercedes in this lineup. You know, Chuck, I mean, besides the point that we, we should all get a, a, an I told you so t-shirt printed up for you so you can wear it around the ballpark at all times because you deserve <laughs> it. I, I think this too, you know, your mean is 28 years old. And in the past, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you'd go, ah, flash in the pan, dude. We'll see what happens his second time through the league. Everybody will adjust to him, all that kind of stuff. He's not actually a hitter. He's just getting lucky. I don't know that we can say that about players, you know, kind of a blanket statement anymore because of the radical ways that player development has changed and been altered by stuff like Rapsodo, by stuff like, you know, Kinetrax and all that kind of thing. You, you can now identify the changes in a player at a much more granular level. And it's why guys like, I don't know, pick like Mike Yastrzemski out for the Giants, right? A guy who had to take a while to get there, older dude who's still, you know, making it work stays. I, I don't think we we shouldn't be so fast to just throw flash in the pan on overaged guys who make it when they make the adjustments that some of these technological advancements can show us. Well, if this was someone, if your mean Mercedes was just swinging for the fences, I would say very good chance flash in the pan. But you got to watch what he does. So there's a, there's a, a bat that he had earlier a few days ago in Seattle, I think it was. And Yo Makata was, was on first, and he gets to second. And you're mean, all he's trying to do in this at bat, I think he might have gotten to two strikes, and he changed his approach. All he was trying to do was hit the ball to the right side because there was, like, nobody out. I mean, aggressively trying to just get the ball to the right side to get Makata to third base. Are you kidding me? In today's game, who's doing that? Not many rookies are doing that. Mercedes was. And he eventually got the ball to the right side, ground out, got Makata to third base. I'm sitting there with Ozzie and Ozzie practically like jumped out of his chair and gave him a standing ovation. He's doing that kind of stuff. And if you do that for a Tony La Russa managed team, you're going to play a lot. And he makes, he's able to make contact with two strikes. He changes his approach. He'll have a leg kick in there when there's, you know, in the early part of the count because he's trying to mash. Once he gets two strikes, all of a sudden he's like choking up, crouching down or crouching over, and he's just trying to make contact. And, you know, you can go ahead and use all sorts of analytics to break down your mean Mercedes, but, you know, when he's, you know, I'm not sure how that shows up in the analytics. I mean, you can break it down, but he is making in-game, in-at-bat adjustments like most players nowadays aren't making. So I think... Just by doing that, he'll stick around longer than most. I'm I'm glad that you brought up in at bat adjustments because I've seen a handful from Luis Robert this year too. You know, not every at bat, but I've seen a handful. Uh, one of them came in at bat leading up to Jose Abreu's first Grand Slam of the year. 
He was that at was a, a 2-0 count. Oh, it was. Oh, Chuck, it was a great at bat. He, I mean, you yeah. know it. He goes 2-0, and and he gets a couple of curveballs that he saw coming but didn't, and put big swings on but didn't make contact. Then changed the approach, knowing he was drawn back to even at two and two. Watched a bunch of low pitches come in, accepted the walk because he knew they were going to try and get him out with a strikeout because he showed him the big swing. And Jose Abreu comes up, your big run producer, and drives in a grand slam. I that's a big boy at bat. That's what that is. That is a big boy at bat. And those are the types of advances uh, that that I think a lot of White Sox fans wanted to see from Luis Roberts' rookie season. Yeah. And what, by the way, uh, I don't know if it's been noticed by most White Sox fans, but Brad Keller was on the mound for that home run against Mercedes. Keller was the, a guy on the mound who caused Tim Anderson to bat flip a couple of years ago. And Mercedes, I, I haven't had a chance to ask him this, if he even knew anything about the Brad Keller thing, but uh, Mercedes bat flipped on that home run. Uh, it wasn't a huge one, um, but I, I, when I spoke with Mercedes, Earlier this week, uh, for the White Sox Talk podcast, he he on his own said, "You want me to bat flip, don't you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I want I want a bat flip." So I think you're going to be seeing more bat flips coming from Mercedes because he's all about fun and uh, and excitement, and he loves the White Sox fans. Sox fans who have been like on he's been on the radar for White Sox fans. They love and adore him, and he appreciates it. And he wants to give that love right back because I mean he is he's a he's going to be a fan favorite. I mean I already have seen some Mercedes jerseys that Sox fans are wearing. Ozzy Guillen went out and bought uh, a, not only a Mercedes jersey, it says a Yerminator on the back. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun with him this year. That's awesome. That's awesome. I wonder. Um, I wonder that there are consequences to having a, another guy in there who is, you know, like you said, some have told you positionless. You know, he is a catcher. He does DH. There are some lineup crunches that come along with that since they had already, since the White Sox had already kind of, you know, jammed in a few players that fit that same profile. How do you think this White Sox team ought to deal with that, you know, the good problem of having your mean Mercedes mash? Yeah, it's a great problem to have. I think Tony's just going to ride the hot hand. You know, Mercedes will probably not keep this up. So, you know, you can put Zach Collins at DH. You can move Andrew Vaughn over to DH. I mean, they're, they're right now so thin in the outfield. So eventually Adam Engel is going to come back, and that might happen as soon as this week. So when that happens, you know, where does Andrew Vaughn play? You know, how is that going to play out? Um, Mercedes can catch. Uh, his catching has improved. So, you know, that's a possibility. You know, someone might lose a spot and go to the alternate site. I mean, it's uh, – you know, Zach Collins is playing great, so should it be him? Probably not. But there will be uh, a great problem to have, a problem the White Sox have not had in years where they're going to have too many players for, you know, a few spots. So I, I do not know how this will play out, but uh, I think that you'll start to see uh, those ramifications occur when Angle comes back. And then when Billy Hamilton comes back, that's on top of it. So uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but... Um, you know, this is a, a really good offense, even without Aloy Jimenez. And I think it'll be kind of a week-by-week week kind of thing. You know, if, if Mercedes is still hot, I mean, here's what happened. Mercedes was supposed to play, like, one game. Jake Lamb was supposed to play the next one. Well, you didn't see Jake Lamb until the seventh game of the year, I think, because Mercedes was so hot. So, um, you know, I think Tony's the kind of guy that he plays, are you hot right now? I'm playing you. I don't care what the analytics say. If the analytics say that this guy is, this race against this team, well, but he's ice cold right now. I'm sticking with the hot hand, and I think you'll start seeing that. 
Chuck, appreciate you. Great talking with you. And uh, keep up the fantastic work on the television and the podcast, my man. Hey, it's, it's, uh, I have a, a great time doing it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh, Connor, great to have you on the White Sox Weekly Show. You are where you belong, my friend, so uh, well done. Thanks, Chuck. I really appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Okay, awesome. Chuck Garfine, NBC Sports Chicago. He is a good man and has a great job on the pre and post and has an awesome podcast, too. Uh, Y'all should check it out. I've said this a number of times, and I really do mean it. And I said it a number of times the the last time I had the gig. Um, White Sox fans are really blessed in that you have a number of outlets uh, here at the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network, Chuck, um, a, a number of different you know blogs and writers and posters. And uh, this team is so well covered and cared for by those who do that kind of thing for baseball teams. It is, it's really, really cool. The, the community that covers this baseball club. Um, and it's really cool that this baseball club has uh, rewarded everybody, fans, outlets included with a team that's going to be so exciting and so fun in 2021, uh, just almost as exciting as it was maybe even more so than in 2020, three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. That's the phone number. You've had Len ask you your question. What are the ideal conditions for you at a baseball game? We'll talk about that a little bit when we come back. Liam Hendricks is scheduled to join us at 1130. Looking forward to talking with the White Sox closer in just a little bit. I I suppose I'll check with him and make sure it's okay to call him closer. He did say I had to wait until that job was given to him. I think it has been. Also, Sox fans, limited tickets are still available for April 12th to the 15th. That's a four-game set. You can secure your pod of seats and catch the action live at Guaranteed Rate Field as your Sox take on the Cleveland Indians. For tickets and information, visit whitesox.com slash single game. When we come back, I want to dive a little bit more into what this lineup crunch might look like and the advancements we've seen from a guy like Luis Robert. Your phone calls always welcome. You want to talk White Sox? Now's the play. Now's the time. Here's the place. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. Test your luck in the Queen of Hearts raffle benefiting White Sox charities. In addition to weekly prizes, one lucky fan will win 50% of the total progressive jackpot. That baby's over $85,000 right now. To purchase Queen of Hearts raffle tickets, visit whitesox.com slash queen of hearts. This is White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. We're going to talk with Liam Hendricks coming up here in just a little bit. White Sox closer just got done chatting with Chuck Garfine about the start the Sox have been off to and a bunch of different things, too. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. White Sox Weekly is for you. We have the lines right now, and it is Leon in Hammond. What's up, Leon? All right. Good good day to you. How are you doing? Doing well. All right. All right. I was just saying, you, you got a lot of sports, basketball, you got a shot clock. You got hockey, you got a clock that's steady ticking, you know, until you got a foul or whatever. You got these baseball players step up here like they, everybody in the world is supposed to stop and look at them. They got to re-strap their glove, spit, kick dirt, take two or three practice swings. Now he's ready, and the pitcher steps out because he's not ready. Now he looks around, get back in the box, and the, the batter might step out again and go through his same routine. I mean, 
that's why I take so doggone on to play a game of baseball. We played ball when I was coming up. You get up in that batter's box and you ready. They need a, a, a pitch thing for the, the pitcher. He's got so much time to get up there and pitch that ball. Uh, they need a clock on that batter. He's got so much time to get in that batter's box and get ready. Leon, yeah, what position did you play? Hmm? What position did you play? Yeah. Outfield and third base, yes. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Appreciate you calling, man. I So I get it. Pace of play is tough at times. There there are pitch clocks here in, in, in the major leagues. We, we do have a, a certain amount of time in which a pitcher needs to throw. That could be shortened some. Used to be that batters couldn't get out of the box. We did that for, I don't know, two months in a season and then kind of stopped enforcing it. Um, I, I'm looking around baseball. I was talking to Len about this yesterday, day before, whatever it was. Uh, our our pace of play right now, our average game time is up around three sixteen, three eighteen. I think three hours eighteen minutes uh, around baseball, not just the White Sox, just around baseball. That's up quite a bit from where it had been um, in two thousand nineteen. Uh, we were sitting around three hours four, three hours five, something like that. It has been the focus of Major League Baseball to get this game closer to under three hours than over it for a while now. I, it's my opinion that the pace of play and shortening it some won't necessarily bring in a whole new, you know, generation of fans. There's not a bunch of nine-year-old kids sitting at home going, "Well, I'm not going to watch this White Sox game because it's going to take three hours and eighteen minutes instead of three hours and four minutes or two hours and fifty-five minutes." But I do understand that for those of us who are already watching, you'd like to see it you know, cook a little faster than the three hours and 15. I think it's all about pace of action as well. I think the rate of balls in play and and seeing something other than strikeout walk homer can affect how you feel about the length of the game you're watching. I think we see that in football, right? Those games last as long, three plus, three and a half, something like that. But there's you know, we're used to that rhythm. It's a little bit different. It's set, hut, play, stop, breathe, watch the replay, do it again, that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I understand the comment, Leon. I, I understand the frustration with it. I, I know we're all working on, uh, the, as, as much as we can, getting these games shaved down to a little bit more of a, a quicker pace of action. Liam Hendricks is going to join us in just a little bit. Sox fans, you can catch the action from a private diamond suite this season. Host your closest friends and family with a customizable food and beverage menu. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit whitesox.com today. This is White Sox Weekly. We will talk with Liam Hendricks, White Sox closer, in just a little bit on the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. Back to White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. No Sox and Royals today. They've been rained out. It'll be made up as part of a doubleheader on May 14th. More information on that as we go on in the show, and we'll post it on the at ESPN White Sox Twitter handle as well. You can check out this man here at the park the next time the White Sox play. They're scheduled to play the Royals tomorrow afternoon. He's looking to pitch in 80-something games this season. He is, and Liam, I... We can call you the White Sox closer now, correct? We it has been it has been decided, has it not? Oh, I mean, it's about as close to as decided as I think you can make it. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. If you let us, if you need any help, I guess with influencing the decision, let us know. Thanks so much for hopping on, man. I know rain delays and, and off days are precious to ball players. I really appreciate you taking some time to chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, with yesterday being an off day, I mean it's uh, it kind of fluctuates well. But it, today, I hate pitching the day after an off day. I just hate it. It's something that I don't enjoy at all. So being able to get out there today, play catch a little bit, I assume about to leave the field now so it's uh it was good to get in there play catch and then get ready for tomorrow yeah i'm actually at the ballpark i was watching some of you guys throw uh what what is a work like today what is a workout like today for you is that that just a touch and feel kind of thing are you really heating it up or is it just keeping it loose what's the focus uh it's just mainly getting the getting the uh the off day yesterday out so uh for me i'm i'm my workouts aren't really you gotta think you can really consider them workouts because all I do is just play catch for as long as I can, and that's about it. Uh, but generally, a lot of the other guys are able to get in there today, do some workouts, get the blood moving a little bit. But uh, for me specifically, went in there, played catch, showered, and got out of there. So even though you hate kind of the uh, the throwing after the off day kind of thing and, and what an off day does, I, I would imagine that for a lot of other guys, it's nice to have the day and hit the reset button and, and watch Lance Lynn do what he does and say, hey, fellas, don't worry about this. You guys have another night off. I got the work this evening. Yeah, that was nice. Obviously, um, watching him go out there and do it, I, I was able to see him do that the last couple of years in Texas when I was with Oakland. So it's, uh, it's something special that he's able to kind of continually do just to kind of give his bullpen a little bit of a day off. So now I'm uh, able to reap the benefits of it a little bit more, which is a, it's a lot more exciting than watching him do it against us. When you look back through the uh, back through the road trip, the West Coast trip, obviously the the bullpen had a couple errors committed by the rest of the squad while they were out there. Some runs came around that nobody wanted to see score. Um, what is the conversation like? You know, it's it's a fairly new group of guys that you're getting used to. What's the conversation like as you guys are are looking to put things back together um, when a couple of runs come across that you're not looking to have score? Uh, I mean, it's the same as every team. It, it's just uh, we know that the defense here is going to be good. We know that the defense here is just it's gone through a little bit of a tough time, and and it ebbs and flows. It's the way the things go. There's going to be days where the offense doesn't uh, doesn't pull its weight a little bit. There's going to be days when the pitching staff goes through a stretch where they're just not able to kind of kind of finish it off. When the offense is doing what they're doing, the defense is doing what they're doing, and the and the pitching just is uh, is a little bit lacking at that point. But uh, we have no worries about our defense. I think it's uh, you look at the defense from last year. It was what a top five defense and i have to imagine it's going to be uh the same again this year and i mean you see some of the plays guys have made it's just it's it's a little bit of a a mental fog right now rather than anything technical so we're not expecting this to be a long-term thing and we're going to go out there and uh and they'll be they'll be good to go here shortly talk with liam Hendricks here on white Sox weekly uh liam the home opener at least you know for everybody was was pretty electric in the stands here i I would imagine that you guys were really excited getting back out onto this field in front of white Sox fans yeah so obviously this is my first uh time experiencing white Sox fans as a home team i've come here every year for the last well decade now as part of different teams but uh this is my first chance to see it from a home side and it was uh it was pretty exciting we got a lot of uh enthusiastic fans that were uh there may not have been as many as obviously a lot of people would like, but there was definitely enough people that they made it seem like there was a lot of people around. So that's, uh, that was the exciting part. The first inning was very exciting with Abreu hitting the double, then Moncada the homer, and then Mercedes the next one. Both of those shots went over you guys in the bullpen. 
Are are you guys as jacked up for your mean Mercedes at bat these days as all eight thousand people are in the ballpark? I mean, the kid's just he's 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 on fire. Yeah, he's uh, he's something special, that's for sure. I mean, he's uh, he's riding the wave right now, and uh, it, it's been fun to watch for sure. It's just that you watch him and watch his like approach at the plate. It's uh, it's a very advanced approach for a guy who doesn't have that many kind of big league at bats, but this is what his calling card has been. He's going to hit. He's going to do what he needs to do at the plate. But my biggest thing with him, the biggest takeaway is he's not giving at bats away. Even when he's like, even when he gets out, which isn't very often, he's not kind of. Um, He's not letting it be like a quick three-pitch at-bat where he's not uh, kind of fighting a couple pitches off. And he's every at-bat, he's making sure it's a productive at-bat, which is, uh, which is huge for, a, for not only the offense and getting, being a chance to see the hitter a little bit more, but also from the pitching point of view, because if we're warming up, it gives us an extra little bit of chance to, uh, to warm up a little bit more. What do you start doing, Liam, when you know, you're going to get this eighth inning or this ninth inning or something, and you know the guy that one of the guys you're going to face – has that kind of approach like your mean Mercedes has? How do, how do you have to alter what you do to get guys out when you see somebody come up that you know will take a same kind of dogged approach as Mercedes does? Yeah, I don't alter my approach for anybody. Um, that's what I used to do, and I used to get in trouble by doing that because I would try and pitch away from guys' strengths, which in turn would be pitching away from my strengths. So I don't change my approach for absolutely anybody. Um, I'm still going to be a fastball-heavy guy, even if they're a good fastball hitter. I'm still going to make sure that I am capable of getting a breaking ball over no matter what. Uh, but it's the biggest thing for me is reading swings. It's, like I trust my stuff, and I trust the fact that my fastball to slider, the curveball, can differentiate enough in speed and movement that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who, what sort of approach they have. I mean, uh, that's just the way you got to approach it. If you start changing what you're trying to do, then that's when you get into trouble. I know you've talked a little bit about the change in, in that approach and that mindset with you before, but what when did that click in for you? What was it that was like, okay, this is the new Liam Hendricks, this is what has to happen? Uh, it really changed in 2018 when I was in AAA, and it was one of those things where I'm sitting there like, well, why am I – I just got him to swing through a fastball. Why am I even considering throwing anything else? Because clearly he's not able to catch up to my fastball, and it's just the play of averages. Like It was one of those things I was talking to – I think it was the hitting coach, uh, Eric Martins, and I was talking to him about just the way the hitters approach, like the percentages. So say it's a guy like me, a lot of teams are going to go out there and be sitting on fastball because that's what they're going to see 70 to 80% of the time. So why wasn't I as a pitcher doing the same thing where, okay, if I beat a guy with a fastball, law of averages say that he cannot make that snap adjustment to be able to miss a ball and then square it up in the exact same pitch. So I took that into it and be like, well, if he's not going to hit it, I may as well just go ahead and do it. And then I just started kind of rolling with it a little bit more and then gained that confidence in my approach because uh, you, look at the, you look at the way guys are. There's not very many guys, one, maybe two guys in each lineup that is, has the capabilities of being able to make an adjustment mid-at-bat, mid-pitch, and then be able to kind of time up a 94 to 97-mile-per-hour fastball. So it's just a... You play that, and if they get a hit, they get a hit. It is what it is. Liam, you and your wife, Christy, were uh, able to hang out, at least virtually, at La Rabita Children's Hospital the other day. That seemed like uh, you guys were dropping off treats and gifts and video messages and all that kind of stuff. That seemed like a really cool event. It is, I think it's really cool, especially when you're able to like take the technology 
use it and get to places that you we still can't go because of COVID restrictions and stuff. How did that come about, and um, what was the focus that you and Christy had in, in making sure that you were able to be there in, in some kind of way for everybody at the hospital? So one of the first things you do when a lot of the times with uh, some of the other teams is you go and you do hospital visits. And that's just a normal thing. I know Chicago's done that in previous years where obviously COVID restrictions have meant that you really can't do that currently. So we wanted to make sure we didn't leave people out. We still did what we needed to do and tried to get as much of awareness around and just try and brighten people's days as much as we can. So we were able to work together pretty well with the, uh, the White Sox Foundation about getting something together. And they were like, OK, let's do a video message. Um, and we had no idea how it was actually going to apply, but they put my jersey on a, on a robot-looking thing and wheeled me around. And uh, I'm just happy that the kids had a good time. Um, obviously, we supplied some, some cookies and some popcorn and stuff like that and, and then gave them something that you'd be able to get at the game, uh, whether it be like the little plush bats or hats or whatever it was, just something like that to kind of uh, change the monotony of every single day being the same and, and trying to help out as much as we can around the city. I'm looking through some of the pictures right now, and there's a handful of uh, there's a, a little kid with the you know the giant White Sox foam finger. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the, like kids with the giant foam finger are maybe one of the best things in sports, at least from my perspective. Like there's there's nothing better than that, and then the little kid is just rooting his heart out for this team with a giant foam finger. Exactly, and it's a lot less lethal than a wooden bat or anything like that as well. But hopefully, once these restrictions get uh, hopefully alleviated at some point during the summer where there's enough vaccinations going around and everyone's kind of following the guidelines as much as possible, we'll be able to go in and do some of these visits in person because, yes, it's great to be able to do them virtually, but nothing beats being able to go in there in person and, and kind of do the legwork yourself rather than kind of just doing a video here and there and then someone else taking over. So we uh, we are excited about hopefully getting to be able to do that at some point as well as doing as starting to work with the Boys and Girls Club Chicago and other avenues that we are, uh, we are very passionate about, about getting, getting back and giving back to the community. That's awesome, man. Hey, last one before we let you go. Uh, Jose Abreu mentioned that you had to get into some I negotiations with a fan about home run number 200. I was just wondering if we could follow up and see where those negotiations ended up, how they came about. Tell us about that night a little bit. Yeah, so obviously we're in the bullpen. The uh, His second grand slam of the season which happened to be a second home run which was his 200 homer happened to be right above us he hit it too far or else we would have had it ourselves but um yeah we uh they went above our bullpen a guy grabbed it so we were trying to talk with the other fans around him to see if he could come down and we'll exchange balls or anything like that and i think it was just the the passion of the moment where he was like look no i want to keep this ball then i think someone else explained it to him what the actual ball was and he was more than willing to uh, to give it up. But I had spoken to the baseball ops and been like, hey, guys, um, whatever he needs, you tell me what I need to do, and I'll make sure I have it, whether it be a jersey, whether it be whatever he needs from the other side, because he was a Mariners fan, obviously. Yeah. Uh, whatever he needs, I'll take care of. Just let me know, and, and I'll figure it all out. But luckily enough, we are able to get the ball. Um, he, The fan got a Carl Seager signed baseball as well, so I think everyone left happy at that point. But uh yeah, it's just one of those things where any helping hand I can do, and and sometimes if you just put a little bit of a, the fear of God in somebody, they'll uh, they'll be willing to do it. Or if you incentivize it a little bit more, it's just uh, it's something cool that happens. But yeah, I mean you've heard horror stories about guys with their their first home runs or a milestone hit or anything like that. I remember A Rod back in the day where the guy was like, "Yeah, I want three hundred thousand dollars in season tickets." 
but goats are still a little extreme, so luckily we're able to kind of get it for a, a palatable price, and, and I think everybody left happy. Who who taught you to negotiate like that, Liam? Like, was there is there somebody around the bigs that you saw like, oh, this is how you so you deal with a fan like that? This is how do you negotiate? Uh, well, I think it's just from past experience. Like, I played with a guy. His name was Matt Carson in AAA, and he hit his first home run. I think it was in Yankee Stadium, and the fan wanted ten grand, and he's like, look. I just got called up. I don't really have 10 grand, so no, I'm good. And then we just had that conversation of like, look, it's just one of those things. For most fans, all they want is whether in a normal time it's a photo from that guy, a jersey from that guy, or something along those lines, just something from the player he got. And then if they're a fan of the other team, something from the other team. So you just you just talk about it. But I, obviously I know 200 is a, uh, a, it's not a small number either. It's, 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 a, pretty, uh, it's a pretty significant one. So making sure I could do whatever I could, whether it be a jersey. I mean, I know he didn't want anything from me, but if um, if I could help facilitate anything at all, that's what I was going to do. Well, I would imagine you guys know that number two hundred and fifteen for him will move for Jose Abreu will move him in a fourth place on the White Sox all time list. So you've got some time to arm the bullpen with, you know, whatever stuff you need to negotiate with the fan that catches number two hundred and fifteen. I imagine that's well, more on the radar. Importantly, I've got time to organize a big cake for it because that's what we really need. We need cake for every milestone, <laughs> like a like a face if you cake can't kind tell of thing. A little fat kid at heart. <laughs> what do you? What like a like a face cake, right? With Jose's face on it, that kind of thing, and we think it's something different. Yeah. So I got so Joaquin. Sorry, I played with him. He's a former White Sox as well. But when we were in St. Louis, he broke. I think he went up and was. It was his uh, 700, and, 700 and something appearances, which I think was the most in by a Mexican-born player. So I made, a, I ended up getting a cake done, and we all had a good time with with the cake. And that that was back in 2019. So it's just you got you got to celebrate the little milestones because some of these young bucks that aren't that don't quite recognize the fact of how hard it is to get to certain things, say 3,000 hits or anything. Liam, you're the man. Uh, best of luck with the cake plans. Uh, please take a photo of it and tweet it out. We'd love to see it once Jose hits number 215. All right. So I've got 15 to work with, which hopefully gives me about two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe a little less, maybe eight or nine days. There's that doubleheader coming up. You know, you, you got time. You'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. Plus, we've got a, a doubleheader of seven innings, which is fine, because I hope Lance Lynn pitches one of those games, and all of a sudden then we only have to worry about game two. Yeah, you'll be okay. Liam, appreciate yeah. it. Thanks so much. Uh, stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Liam Hendricks, our guest here on White Sox Weekly. I didn't, you know, a cake guy. I wouldn't have expected that. Cake for milestones. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Don't get me wrong. You throw it out in the post-game buffet. You get to slice a couple of cake open. That's it's not a bad idea at all. And it's really cool stuff that he and his wife, Christy, are doing with local Chicago charities. Uh, the La Rabita Hospital was the spot he was at virtually uh, just this last week, visiting some kids, handing out cool stuff and snacks and uh, prizes and treats and all that good thing. And I think it's really cool, and I know a lot of guys feel this way, um, and, and Liam does too, that follow-ups are going to happen at these places where uh, Sox players cannot go now but will go later once COVID restrictions uh, change a little bit and we get this virus uh, under even even better handle once we get um, more folks vaccinated, more folks taken care of, more uh, structure put in place um, around places like children's hospitals where you have to be more concerned about the vulnerability of, of everyone there and you want to make sure that those visits are done as safely and uh, responsibly as possible, clearly. 
Great talking to Liam. I, I love that he's got the ball for Jose Abreu or helped get it one way or the other. 312-332-3776. That's the phone number. Uh, Len asked you a question not too long ago. We'll bring that back for you in case you missed it. Got about a half an hour left, uh, 45 minutes left here on White Sox Weekly. No game for the White Sox and Royals today. They've been rained out. It'll be made up as part of a split doubleheader on May 14th. I'm Connor McKnight. This is the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. Yeah, I mean, when you look at a complete game shutout, um, it's hard to uh, say that you pitch better, but... You know, I pitched in on uh, stages that are a little bit bigger and, you know, things like that. But, you know, like to you look up, you look up at it and you have like double digit strikeouts, no walks, complete game. You, you know, that's about as good as you're going to get. About as good as you're going to get indeed. That's Lance Lynn on his performance in the White Sox home opener here at Guaranteed Rate Field. I'm Connor McKnight. This is White Sox Weekly, and I am here at Guaranteed Rate Field. I'm watching a handful, four, in fact, four White Sox throw, and there's a couple of Royals down the right field line. They're throwing and running around, that kind of thing. Just got done talking with Liam Hendricks. He was here for a little bit, throwing some. I I guess it's no news, rather, for, for White Sox fans. He's not a huge day of throwing the day after an off day or, or having to pitch the day after an off day, he said. So just getting out here and being able to throw and kind of get that stuff out of the body um, after the day off was really important for him. Uh, also really important for Liam Hendricks was he and his wife getting out to virtually the La Robita Children's Hospital and um, seeing some of the kids virtually recorded a message for them and dropped off a bunch of gifts and um treats and white Sox paraphernalia stuff like that really cool to see some of the pictures you can uh you can see some of that too i'll, I'll, I'll retweet it as well there there's a couple of little white Sox fans i mean there's supposed to be one kid he's six years old and he's got a foam finger that's twice the size of his body it's absolutely fantastic it's that's what you that's what you want to see um then liam mentioned how important it is uh to, to get out in the community once once everyone can uh, to get out in the community and be a part of places and visits like that. Liam Hendricks was our guest just a little while ago. And if you missed part of the interview, or if you're looking to listen to it again, or you want to share it with a friend, anything like that, just head over to the ESPN Chicago app. It's uh, awesome. It just turns on and starts playing. You know those like, other apps where you have to turn it on and like search through a whole bunch of stuff, and you're like, oh, I don't know where this is, and it's not working, and why isn't it working? And This one works. It, it, it just works. You turn it on, and it works. Scroll down to the White Sox uh, network page, and you can download all of the White Sox weekly podcasts and all of other other content and stuff like that. You can also, if you're in the Chicago area, our, our listening area, you can use that app to listen to White Sox games, hold it, for free. You just download the app, the ESPN Chicago app, and if you're in the listening area, you can listen to games for free through the app. It's a really cool thing that the league and the White Sox and, and we're all doing for everybody here because we think it's important, darn it. Let's head out to the phone lines right now, 312-332-3776 in Hillside. It's Jack. What's up, Jack? Hey, good afternoon, or good morning, rather. Uh, and to you. Hey, yeah, and thank you. And uh, I don't typically listen to much uh, sports radio, but uh, definitely uh, ready for some White Sox news and weekly. So thanks, you guys are doing great. Thanks, man. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, so I had two things. Uh, uh, one, one that you uh, were talking so much about, Airman Mercedes, earlier, and as is 
season unfolds that first week, you know, it's hard not to focus certainly nationally. Oh, eight for eight is a huge story. And, but it, it's just that there's so much else going on with the Sox team that we're waiting on and that we're excited about. But uh, one thing about Yerman that, that you're talking about the age, this is just kind of a curiosity. Uh, I, I was trying to think of who else maybe arrives a little later, figure it out later, and then stuck around a while. And the guy that's been in the news a lot lately, Nelson Cruz, kind of a different kind of hitter. But when you look at his, uh, I, I looked at his uh, back of his card, as it were, the guy mm-hmm. did virtually nothing until he was 28 years old. And after he was 30, he started banging out 40 home runs every year. So so it's no given that Yerman is a flash in the pan. There are guys who just get it late. Yeah, uh, Jack, good comp. I, I, you know, I knew that and, and didn't know it about Nelson Cruz kind of all at the same time. Uh, appreciate the phone call. It's a good catch. I'm looking through his baseball reference, uh, Cruz's baseball reference page, not Jack's. I, I don't know. Jack might have played in the big leagues. Uh, he's certainly a big leaguer when you call White Sox weekly. But, yeah, 2009 with the Rangers was Nelson Cruz's first all-star season. He hit 33 home runs. I want to say, boy, I don't know that 2007-2008 Rangers squad as well as I should, I suppose. But I want to say that there were some roster crunches there. You know, that's that Michael Young Rangers squad, I think, right in the toward the end of that, if I, if I remember correctly. So maybe he was squeezed out a little bit. Um, but yeah, 28 years old, 33 home runs, and then just kept mashing all the way through his age 40 season and into his age 41. Well, I guess this is his age 40 season. He's got uh, three home runs already. I, it's, I'm interested that you brought up Nelson Cruz, and maybe we'll we'll talk a little bit about that player comp and, and what your mean Mercedes has done that's a little bit like Nelson Cruz and what he's done that's very different from Nelson Cruz all at the same time. I also have a uh, good call from Jack, but... Um, also have some more Lance Lynn sound from yesterday that I thought was truly hilarious. Just the interchange between Lynn and some and reporters. Lynn is just kind of this deadpan, no nonsense kind of dude, and because of that, it lends to a, a brand of humor that I just it just gets me. It's just really funny. So we'll bring that to you when we come back. I do want to tell you though that. Uh, though we are here at the ballpark at Guaranteed Rate Field, there is no ball game today. The White Sox and Royals have been postponed. White Sox Weekly rolls on here on the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network, which means uh, we do need to step aside 10 seconds for station ID. Pitcher and announcer Ed Farmer was thrown the biggest curveball of his life when he was told the only thing that could save him was organ donation. My brother Tom, he's the guy that gave me my life back because I was dying. Three more days, I was going to be gone. Ed lived nearly 30 years because of the kidney donation. His legacy will live on through the White Sox and this life-saving program. Join the Illinois Secretary of State's Organ Tissue Donor Registry. I always say heaven knows you can't take them with you. How does Comcast Business compare to AT&T Business? Well, let's start with internet speed. Comcast Business can provide gig speeds to the most businesses. AT&T's fastest speed is limited only to select areas. If you're not in a select area, that means you get a slower speed. Comcast Business also helps keep all your connected devices protected, while with AT&T, only some devices are covered. Comcast Business also has LTE wireless backup with a power port for additional devices, while AT&T, nope. Comcast Business has 19 million Wi-Fi hotspots nationwide. AT&T, nope again. 
What about advanced coverage and bandwidth control with Comcast Business Wi-Fi Pro? Well, with AT&T, that'd be nope. Triple nope, technically speaking. In summary, it's safe to say that Comcast Business delivers more complete solutions for small businesses. So don't settle for AT&T Business. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Restrictions apply. Online security, Wi-Fi Pro, and access to Wi-Fi hotspots require Comcast Business Internet. Heart surgery is no one's dream of retirement. I'm Beverly. And at 79, my cardiology team at Northwestern Medicine worked together to identify and replace a disease valve in my heart without open heart surgery. Even better, I would be back on my feet in just days. With access to the top-ranked heart surgery program in Illinois by U.S. News & World Report, the nurses, cardiac surgeons, and cardiologists at Northwestern Medicine's Central DuPage Hospital are experts in non-surgical options for patients with aortic valve disease like Beverly. Using a catheter, her team inserted her new valve, then inflated a small balloon to secure it in place. Almost immediately, blood flow was restored. Thanks to my wonderful team, I'm enjoying the retirement I had always dreamed of. Because what makes us better makes you better. Northwestern Medicine. Learn more at nm.org slash better. At Wintrust, we're excited to welcome back baseball. In a year of uncertainty, we're grateful to have our teams back on the field and proud to support the fans who cheer on our city. With White Sox checking, you'll get free ATMs nationwide and score the exclusive Sox debit card. You can root for your team whether you're on the go or staying close to home. Get a special offer when you open now at Wintrust.com slash Sox. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. Chicago White Sox. Copyrights proprietary to the Chicago White Sox. Used with permission. In 1925, Modelo began brewing beer for those who believe in better. A model beer steeped in the tradition of tireless effort. A rich, Pilsner-style lager for those who wear their heart and heritage on their rolled-up sleeve. Since our first batch 94 years ago, to every bottle raised today, we've proved that it doesn't matter where you come from. It matters what you're made of. Modelo Especial, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Imported by Crown Imports in Chicago, Illinois. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN1000. White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight. No White Sox and Royals this afternoon. There are a handful of ballplayers out here at the ballpark just kind of getting things warmed up and throwing around and stuff. I think I see, I think that's Garrett Crochet and Michael Kopech throwing it around right now on the left field foul line. A couple of guys up in the bullpen throwing some things up. You know, just stretching it out, making sure you're getting your work in. Season's going to roll on tomorrow regardless. That's one thing I've I've always been saying. I was like, tomorrow's ball game's coming for everybody, regardless of whether you're ready for it or not. So stay ready. Tomorrow's a ball game. Off day today, or rain out today, it'll be a doubleheader made up on May 14th. A split doubleheader. I'll get you the, the details on tickets and everything like that before we leave here on White Sox Weekly in case you're you know tuning in, driving around, kind of bummed we don't have the ball game today. I get it. We all are. We wanted to see a lot of White Sox baseball here in the first homestand. Uh, but rain's going to be, uh, eh, it's just not going to cooperate with us. Let you know how the tickets and everything are going to work if you were scheduled to come to the ballpark today. Yesterday, though, I keep on saying yesterday. It's yesterday in ballpark talk, but it's not yesterday. It's Thursday. Thursday, Lance Lynn threw a gem, just a, an absolute gem. He spoke with reporters afterward, and <laughs> I, re- I was listening to this in the post game show live, and I, I just. 
lost it because I thought it was so funny. I hope you do too. Here's a little bit of a back and forth. And there's no venom in this. This is just how, how Lance is. It's a no-nonsense kind of approach to to baseball and, and probably life. But this is a little back and forth between a reporter and Lance Lynn about his efforts and, and yesterday's weather uh, at the home opener at Guaranteed Rate Field. What was it like waiting out a two-hour rain delay as you prepare for this game? Uh, it was extremely boring because you can't hang out with anyone. You can't. There's no couches to sit on. And you have to wear your mask the whole time. So it wasn't enjoyable. So what did you do? I sat in my locker away from everyone, social distance. <laughs> I just, I thought that was so funny. I, I, that just really got me at the time. Here's this guy who just threw, and actually the, the pitch count from Thursday's ball game is still up on one of the scoreboards in right field. Uh, 111 pitches total, 79 strikes, 32 balls. He was absolutely dominant. And, and here he is. <laughs> having shut down the Royals in a home opener. And he's like, well, what did you get to do during the rain? Like, nothing. It was really boring. I sat there and, and stared in the middle distance and tried not to contemplate life or anything. I, just, I, I thought that was really funny. I mean, it's a big league ball player, and he's got nothing to do. I remember talking to, gosh, I think it was Matt Davidson um, a few years ago during a rain out here. And I was, you know, eh, what have you guys been up to? Anything? And he's like, dude, I forgot food i didn't bring enough i didn't have anything to eat i was trying to get so i think i forget who he had a fr family member or something like that here at the ballpark and i just wanted a couple of hot dogs or chili dogs or something so i had somebody you know running around the concourse trying to get a hot dog and bring it down that sort of stuff happens all the time it's the little it's the little things in baseball where you just kind of figure oh this is fine everybody just waits around and stuff but it's got small consequences and for lance lynn boredom was a consequence it was fortunate, though, that, you know, White Sox and, and Royals kind of saw this the weather coming on Thursday, so both starters were able to go, and that was a very good thing for the White Sox because Lance Lynn knew his routine and understood when and how and where he was going to pitch, all that kind of stuff. It was also a very good thing because he kept Brad Keller uh, starting for the Royals, and that uh, that really benefited the White Sox. Keller's had a rough start to his season. He only retired four of his four of the first 14 hitters he faced in the season opener against Texas. And then you saw how the White Sox were able to put a handful on the board against him pretty quickly in this game. I this Royals team is is an interesting one. Don't get me wrong. And they're going to see him for at least another game in a doubleheader on May 14th. Um, but it is it is not an easy out that Royals club. They've added enough guys and, you know, Ben and a Carlos Santana and a couple of trades here and there that make them, I don't know, a, a ball club you have to consider, a, a team that uh, a team that matters a little bit. This White Sox squad, I, I know a lot of people have, have mentioned it and have kind of focused on it with the central only play of last season, the, the White Sox and, you know, the, the rest of the teams that played that central only schedule. Um, did not see some of the best teams in baseball. You had the Royals you played against a lot, and the 2020 Royals aren't the 21 Royals. That Tigers team and um, a couple other teams in that NL Central. Uh, Cincinnati, for instance. P Pittsburgh, too. Not great ball clubs. So how do you come back from facing a schedule like that? How do you prove to everybody around baseball that, yeah, sure, the, the teams we played weren't the best in baseball, but we are, you know? We faced the Pirates, and Lucas Chileto had the no-hitter against them, but don't worry about that. I can still strike out 10 Mariners, or I can still go face down the Angels lineup, that kind of thing. Well, 
They've started out proving some of those things. They started out checking some of those boxes. And with performances from, you know, guys like Lance Lynn and the rest of this bullpen, which is going to get things shaped up here, I, I think, very soon, um, if, if, if not most of the parts of it haven't already. Sitting here at Guaranteed Rate Field and watching a, a couple of guys throw that I did want to talk about a little bit today, Garrett Crochet and Michael Kopech have been pretty good to start the season. Kopech, for sure. I mean, in his relief outings already have been dynamite stuff. And that kind of versatility that offers Tony La Russa and Ethan Katz as they make decisions about which relievers are going to throw when and where and what kind of hitters you can trust to which particular relievers, you know, you really do start to wonder exactly how much the White Sox are willing to put on Michael Kopech this season. I understand that and, and I've said this for a while now, and I, I, I think we're right. The White Sox want to leave the door open as wide as possible for Michael Kopech to be a starter in 2022. And I don't know exactly what it's going to take to offer, to, to have Kopech throw as many competitive and you know high leverage innings as possible while also making sure that that possibility exists. But that's the process they're invested in at this point in his comeback. I, I think that's probably the best way to term it. Tommy John rehab for one season and then an opt-out due to COVID last year. So it's a it's a comeback of sorts. But watching the stuff he's thrown, the two times he has worked out of the pen, it really does look like he hasn't skipped a beat. It looks like he'd been facing major league hitters. It looks like he'd been working with the kind of stuff that he'd had for the last two seasons. And that's pretty impressive. I mean, buried amongst, I suppose not buried, but, you know, thrown in amongst the headlines the White Sox have created with your mean Mercedes and Jose Abreu's hitting his 200th homer and Lance Lynn's historic debut here at Guaranteed Rate Field and a home opener, all that kind of stuff, is the return of Michael Kopech, which would be a headline all over the place. Um, in a lot of places, and it is here on on White Sox Weekly, right? I, I think that's a a big part. Uh, Michael Kopech, rather, is a big part of how this team is going to be as dangerous as they plan to be throughout throughout all of 2021. We talked to Jack uh, earlier, Jack Caller Jack, into White Sox Weekly in the prior segment, and he comped your mean Mercedes to Nelson Cruz, a guy who came up late and made uh, one heck of a career out of a. Uh, yeah, out of a run in Major League Baseball that really didn't get started until age 28. That was kind of the first season that Nelson Cruz was given a, a full-time job or that he earned a full-time job in the big leagues. And that's the same season, age 28, that your mean Mercedes is playing in now. And while Jack wasn't like, oh, he's Nelson Cruz because he came up then, I do find it interesting that like Cruz is the guy Jack found. Because what Mercedes has done, and we talked about this some with Chuck Garfine, who was our guest earlier in the show at 11 o'clock, Mercedes has shown you multiple swings. And it's funny, it just kind of underscores the fact that you can get this done. You can be a hitter in baseball all sorts of different ways. But Nelson Cruz, because he's eminently talented and ridiculously powerful, really kind of has one swing. He puts one swing on the baseball. He's looking for this pitch here. He's looking for this pitch here. And if you make a mistake there, he's going to put the same swing on it, and he's going to hurt you each and every time. Mercedes has not been like that in his first week or so of big league ball. 
He's looking for pitches, and he'll hurt you if you hang one. Just ask everybody who was here on Thursday. 485 is a long way to hit a baseball. But he's been able to adjust that approach given the count he's in and given the job that he needs to do. Liam Hendricks talked about it when we spoke with him just a little while ago on White Sox Weekly that that has made him that has made him really effective, Mercedes. Being able to look for different things, being able to uh, adjust within and at bat, and that makes a hitter a little trickier to deal with um, on a game-to-game basis. More to come here on White Sox Weekly, 312-332-3776. We're going to play Ask Len for you one more time before we get out. I'll give you my answer to, uh, I should say it's, it's Len Asks. It's Len Casper's time to ask you a question on the Saturdays of White Sox Weekly. Well, I'll give you the answer when we come back. We'll play it for you again. Chance to take some phone calls as well, 312-332-3776. should also let you know that we have the perfect space for you and your group here at Guaranteed Rate Field. Learn more about our private party areas and start planning your outing to the ballpark. For more information, call or text 312-674-1000. I'm Connor McKnight. More White Sox Weekly when we come back. This is the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network. Hey Sox fans, Len Casper here. Have you had a chance to check out the new Toyota RAV4 Hybrid? My family has a RAV4 Hybrid and we love it. It gets my family, including our dogs, wherever we need to go safely and comfortably. The RAV4 is stylish enough for an off-road adventure and polished enough for the city streets of Chicago. Our RAV4 is always reliable. For more info on your favorite Toyota vehicles, get into your local Chicagoland Toyota dealer or visit toyota.com today. Toyota, let's go places. It's fun to watch kids act out their dreams, even if it's just in the backyard. Hey, Mom, watch this. Imagining themselves as champions, winning it all. They're on top of the world, and you're right there with them. Securian Financial offers insurance, investment, and retirement solutions that give you the confidence to enjoy your here and now. So you can make every moment count. Find out more at Securian.com. Insurance issued by affiliated companies. Securian Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC. How many people can say they've had part of their spine removed? Well, me for one. I'm Jeff. And though it sounds impossible, that's what my team at Northwestern Medicine did. I had a rare spinal bone cancer, which brought my neuro-oncologist and neurosurgeon together to create the treatment plan that saved my life. Anchored by Northwestern Memorial Hospital, top-ranked in Illinois for cancer and fifth in the nation for neurosurgery by U.S. News & World Report, Jeff's team took on and treated his one-in-a-million condition. They removed a large section of his spine and the tumor in one piece because spilling just one cell would risk spreading cancer throughout his body. They then rebuilt his spine with a metal frame. I was in surgery for 14 hours. But that's nothing compared to all the time I've gotten back. Because what makes us better makes you better. Northwestern Medicine. Learn more at nm.org slash better. The first day of owning a new car is amazing. Fast forward to day 90, and if you own a Hyundai Tucson, it's still just as amazing. Which is why J.D. Power ranked it number one in initial quality amongst all 2020 compact SUVs. The Hyundai Tucson. A great deal more than just a great deal. Sign and drive today with zero down payment, zero first payment, and zero security deposit. Or get 3500 in total savings on the 2021 Tucson. See your local Hyundai dealer today. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, go to jdpower.com awards. Offers end April 30th, 2021. Call 224-661-0068 for details.
Former White Sox pitcher and announcer Ed Farmer was thrown the biggest curveball of his life when he was told the only thing that could save him was organ donation. My brother Tom, he's the guy that gave me my life back because I was dying. Three more days, I was going to be gone. Ed lived nearly 30 years because of the kidney donation. His legacy will live on through the White Sox and this life-saving program. Join the Illinois Secretary of State's Organ Tissue Donor Registry. I always say heaven knows you can't take them with you. At American Sale, we're known for having the best selection of pools, patio furniture, hot tubs, and grills. Everything you need for your outdoor fun. More importantly, it's the quality of the products we sell and our product experts can answer any of your questions. And right now, you can save up to 50% and we'll pay your sales tax. Or get 0% financing and get our lowest price guarantee. At American Sale, we're open. So come visit us or visit us online. American Sale, bring the fun home. Since 1988, Goose Island Beer Company has been brewing award-winning beers in Chicago, inspired by the city. Beers like our Next Coast IPA, 312 Lemonade Shandy, now White Sox Golden Ale. Our two Chicago locations are great spots if you're thinking about grabbing a few beers to enjoy the game. Goose Island is a proud partner of the Chicago White Sox. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Please drink responsibly. KJZ mornings, 5 to 7, ESPN 1000. This is White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000, White Sox Network. I'm Connor McKnight hanging out with you for another, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes, something like that. We'll be done at 1230 or so. For those of you listening uh, on our flagship station, ESPN 1000, I'm going to hang around for a little bit. Xander and I are going to hang out. We'll talk some sports with you up until 2 o'clock. I do want to let Sox fans know the Chicago Sports Depot is back for this season Get the latest team gear to rep all season long. Be sure to follow the at White Sox store on Instagram for series sales and more. For store hours and information, visit whitesox.com slash depot. I believe uh, those uh, the depot has the Your Mean Mercedes jerseys ready for you for tomorrow's ball game. I Listen, the guy, the guy wasn't going to be on the 26-man roster. He's wearing 73, I think it is. And uh, now you are able to wear the jerseys and get the swag and rep your guy because that's, that's what you do when, when a guy starts out eight for eight like that and it's a tank shot at the home opener 485 in the left field um this game has been rained out today no white Sox and royals this afternoon rain is expected kind of all day long it looks like it's it's getting i'm at the ballpark right now it's getting pretty cloudy out there's a couple of ball players throwing some stuff around a bullpen session or two um but that kind of operation is closing up because it looks like we've got some rain coming through here pretty quickly. Proactive decision made to just kind of postpone this and make it up as part of a split doubleheader on May 14th. In case you are had tickets or are interested in coming to the game on the 14th, here are the details for that. The first game on the 14th will start at 110. It's a split doubleheader, so the second one is at 710. Gate and parking lot times will be announced at a later date. I think those of you who have had tickets or do have them for that game or others are aware that the entrance to the ballpark and your gates, your assigned places are much more specific this year than in years past. And obviously that's to keep everybody safe and to keep everybody socially distanced 
as you enter the ballpark in this time of COVID-19. So gate and parking lot times will be announced at a later date. Both games, seven innings. Both clubs will be able to add the extra player for that doubleheader. Fans with game tickets and parking passes to today's postponed game automatically receive a credit in their White Sox ticket account. Fans can apply the credit value of today's tickets and parking passes to any future regular season White Sox home game once those tickets become available, including either game of the doubleheader on May 14th, and that's based on ticket availability. So happy to let you know that that's the case for this game today. 312-332-3776. That is the phone number. And you're going to want to keep it handy because for the last couple of minutes, I want to talk a little bit about our feature, Len Asks, usually on the broadcast during the game. You get to ask Len or DJ a question. Today, Len has asked you a question, and I know you've got some answers. So let's hear it one more time. Here's the question from Len Casper. Hey, everybody. Instead of Ask Len today on the show, we're going to do Len Asks once again. So you can reply on Twitter. Go to at ESPN White Sox and reply with the hashtag Len Asks. I guess on this rainy Saturday, it's a good question to ask, what are your ideal weather conditions to attend a Sox game? Are you of the, it's got to be 82 degrees at least with sunny skies and no wind? Are you more of the, I prefer spring or fall conditions, maybe 67 with a long sleeve shirt, uh, my favorite uh, White Sox sweatshirt, that sort of thing. I kind of prefer it a little cooler, maybe slightly overcast, so I don't have to bake in the sun. But that's just me. So again, uh, respond to hashtag Len asks your ideal weather conditions at the ballpark. Oh, and if you want to add day game or night game, which do you prefer? That's fun, too. Connor, back to you. Thank you, Len. Let's head out to the phone lines in Wilmington. It's Mark with an answer for Len. Mark. What's your answer? Always a great, always a great show, sir. Always a great Thank show. Um, my ideal day would be like a Sunday morning, uh, and a Sunday afternoon game, about one o'clock, um, maybe seventy degrees, with a little light wind, and Wilberwood versus the American League. And I, that's how. Mark, appreciate it, my man. I think our phone jumped you a little bit toward the end, but yeah. So Mark's ideal conditions are perfect. <laughs> I love that. Like 72, 74, light wind, just enough sun so you can wear your shirts, uh, wear your T-shirts, that kind of thing. I totally get that. I'm a day game guy, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love covering a night game and, you know, playoff games at night, get all kinds of drama going. And Don't get me wrong. But when they started doing day games in the playoffs just a few years ago when they expanded it some, that was awesome to me. I, I have always, you know, grown up watching day games and grown up like going to to day games and things like that i don't know what it was maybe my dad just wanted to get out of work or something i couldn't tell you but we went to a lot of day games uh as opposed to night games when we were kids growing up so i i guess that's been imprinted on me some i like some sun out of the ballpark i do want to catch a little bit of tan but i don't want it too hot so that you fry or anything like that cool part about here at guaranteed rate field of course is that in in normal times, and I can't wait to get to get back to it, you can walk the entire concourse and maintain you know contact with the game. There's no place on the concourse where you can't see the game if you're you know, I mean obviously if you're if you're back in line like getting something, you can't, but if you walk up to the you know the row behind the seats, everywhere you go, you can see the ball the ball game. 
And that's really fun for me, too, because you can also explore some of the, the foods that we've got here at the ballpark. And that's as important as anything else for us to get back to normal, you know, everybody should get vaccinated. Everybody should, uh, you know, get yourself set and, and observe the, the restrictions and rules according to this so that we can get out of it and then go find the elotes, you know, and then go travel to find the uh, the burger that's got all the Chicago hot dog fixings on it with the cheese spread on it. That's, oh my God, that's the best. A couple of the things I wanted to get to before we get out of here on White Sox Weekly, and it, it's something that's popped up some on Twitter comments and uh, popped up a little bit in some conversation around your main Mercedes, and that is the playing time of rookie Andrew Vaughn. And I think there's something that we need to remember when it comes to Andrew being on this roster and being asked to do uh, what he's been asked to do so far. And that's, you know, sit and wait a little bit because your mean Mercedes is hot and producing and contributing, and he's doing it out of the DH spot, which means, you know, truly the only spot left for Andrew is left field. And that's not a spot he's 100% comfortable with yet. How could he be? He's only been a left fielder for about three weeks now. So, the question becomes, okay, is Andrew going to play every day? You know, how does his development focus there? Remember, we don't have AAA games right now. Those aren't going to start until next month. And I think the conversation is different about, you know, whether he should be here if, if your mean Mercedes has forced him out and he needs some time to develop in another spot. That conversation is different if we have AAA games going on right now. All that there is now are alternate site games, uh, alternate site pseudo games, because we haven't started a, a, the part of the schedule where those alternate site teams are going to play against each other yet. So right now, I think the best spot for Andrew Vaughn is being on this team and facing some major league pitching when he can and getting into the lineup and learning how to play that left field position. I'm not worried about it right now. It's a different conversation, perhaps when AAA starts, but it's not there yet. And we'll have that conversation when it is. You hear the music. That means it's time for us to go. Really appreciate you listening and texting and tweeting and calling here on White Sox Weekly. Our thanks to guests Chuck Garfine and Liam Hendricks. It's a pleasure talking to them. If you missed any of the interviews, you can head on over to the ESPN Chicago app and download the show as a podcast. Thanks to our producers, Ryan McGuire, uh, Tyler Aki, Eric Ostrowski. For those of you here on ESPN 1000, I'll be back. Mark Zander's going to hang out with me for a little while until 2 o'clock. For those of you on the networks, we will catch you next time. Tomorrow's game is a 12.30 pregame show. 110 first pitch for the White Sox and Royals. Thanks for listening to White Sox Weekly. This is the ESPN 1000 White Sox Network.